0: Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And this show was presented by Mercury Mile. Mercury Mile is fusing fashion and function for runners of all abilities, and they're doing it in just three easy steps. Go to mercurymile.com. Enter your sizes and preferences, and you'll get a curated box of running goodies sent to you. You'll keep what you love. You send back what you don't. And you'll save $10 by using code RamblingRunner10 at checkout. One of the best parts about Mercury Mile is that they have all the cutting-edge stuff. So you might be thinking, why do I need this? I have so many tech shirts, or I have so many shorts or cotton shirts. They just send out all the new gear, all the new stuff, stuff that usually I'm not even aware of when I get it. And I like to think that I'm aware of what's going on in the running world. But from a parallel perspective, usually I'm not. So I appreciate them hooking me up. That's for sure. Again, that's MercuryMile.com. So this is a a repeat guest here on the Rambling Runner podcast. I have my friend Kimberly McBride. Kimberly was on the show about 10 months ago after the Fargo Marathon This was an episode, and I definitely would recommend you giving it a listen. This was an episode that hit home for a lot of people because oftentimes on this show, I talk to somebody or I talk to people who have experienced a certain amount of success after going through something that was hard or a difficult challenge or a sustained period of time where maybe they weren't able to you know, run or exercise the way that they had hoped, or maybe there was a time in their life where they just didn't exercise at all. Uh this that episode with Kimberly was different. She had a wonderful build up to the Fargo Marathon. Almost perfect. And we touch a little bit on it in this episode just to kind of set the stage. But that marathon went very poorly for her. And she still came on the show and talked about it and showed a lot of grace and and hit home for a lot of people because frankly, we've all been there. And It was one of those experiences where oftentimes we don't hear other people go through it and kind of are able to talk about it in the emotion of, you know, right after the race. And I know it touched a lot of people. So I was so excited to have her back on the show this year. She's had a very, very interesting year from a health and running perspective. And she just ran the Phoenix Marathon. Spoiler alert, she killed it. But. It's much more interesting than that. The race result, as exceptional as it was, doesn't do justice to the story itself. So I'm really excited to have this episode and to have on the show Kimberly McPride. Hello, Kimberly, and welcome to the Rambling Runner podcast. Or I should say, welcome back.
1: <laughs> Thanks, man. To the Rambling Runner you? podcast. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited.
0: Me too, man. I'll tell you what. So, last you were on the show about 10 months ago
1: yeah
0: right so we had you on um after the far it was fargo right after the fargo marathon yeah yep fargo so that was a show that was beloved a lot of people love that show but like not for the reasons why most people love all the shows it was right. like <laughs> it was like one of those it was like one of those like how to overcome a stunning disappointment <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, which yes. is like which is which is, can be useful for us to hear, but not so useful for the person it affects.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. So
0: first of all, thanks again for doing that. I know that wasn't like, you know, when we'd planned the episode like two months in Mm -hmm. advance, it probably wasn't the story you wanted to tell. (laughs) But thanks again for doing that the first time.
1: No, no worries. I mean, I just made me a lot more excited this time doing the show with you because, um, you know, I just have a little more excitement about the whole experience. So Huh. Yeah, it went a lot better than uh, our last episode. That's for sure.
0: Right. No, for sure. Anyway, I reached out to you like a month ago, I know you were like, oh, geez, God willing, it doesn't <laughs> turn out like last time.
1: Right, right. Well, I think I even said, I was like, how about we talk about it after the race and see if we still want to record. So yeah,
0: just exactly. excited. Yeah. I know. Because I like to then follow runners during race day and I was like, I can't follow Kimberly. I just I'm gonna get like too anxious about it. <laughs> I just can't do it. I like had to like occupy myself with like the normal nice. weekend weekend, <laughs> you know, grocery shopping or whatever. Right. Um, right. But I was so happy to see that, that the Phoenix Marathon went well for you and to kind of get that monkey off your back that you've oh, kind man. of been kind of been, you know, kind of it's just been lingering there. So I guess since oh, last yeah. year.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I tell you, like it, it honestly is just such a relief to have it over with. And, um, I definitely had goal times in mind and paces and strategies and things like that. But quite honestly, I just wanted to end it feeling a lot better than Fargo. And that was my a goal. That was my number one, one thing that I wanted to accomplish in Phoenix. And my heart was just Oh, so full of gratitude when that was actually accomplished. Oh, it was, yeah, Fargo was rough. <laughs> Fargo was rough.
0: So. Right. Really and, I, and I would say, and I would definitely tell people to take a listen to that episode um, because we definitely, we kind of dive into your running history and the whole lead up to Fargo, and then what happened. So just, the, if you wouldn't mind just doing like the short version of what happened last time, basically I'll just lead into it is you were kicking butt in your warm up. Like you're, you're, you're working with your coach. Everything was going really well. You were having these great runs. It was like the best training. Like you were hitting all your paces. Everything was going well. You sit like a half marathon PR at Mount Charlton. And then things didn't quite happen the way you wanted to.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, for the entire training cycle that I had worked with my coach, um, I had hit every single goal pace that I had for every single workout, Um, or exceeded them. I mean, it was literally 100% dead on training. Everything was perfect. Um, Yeah, Mount Charleston, I was so excited. I got uh, 135 at that half marathon, which is a, you know, good PR for me. And um, yeah, and that that was kind of when I started having some abdominal pain. And so I kind of was getting a little nervous for the marathon in Fargo coming up a few weeks later. But um, you know, I kind of mentally prepared for that to come up but come marathon day um in the couple days leading up to it I don't know what happened but I just got super I don't know if it was a big migraine that kind of lingered for a few days but I just got really nauseous really dizzy really lightheaded for the couple days leading into the marathon and marathon day came and it was honestly it was just a total train wreck <laughs> so i tried to like hold strong for as long as i possibly could and um and then at mile 18 just basically walked in the the remainder of the time and um at the time i just had no idea what was going on i was really i was really um staying positive for the first you know good part of the marathon but those last couple of miles really started to get in my own head, got really frustrated with the whole experience, with how much work I had done that I felt like had come to nothing. Um, and, you know, kind of finished just feeling super defeated and really, really bummed out. Um, and to be honest, I didn't, I don't even know if I've shared this on Instagram. I feel like maybe I had, but um, kind of more recently, but it wasn't even until a couple weeks after the race that I went back onto my Strava and i was kind of looking at um my paces and my heart rate and i saw that my heart rate was in the 190s by mile 4 Ooh. yeah so um i mean in comparison my heart rate you know my average heart rate i think for phoenix was 145 so um you know and i think my high had it had reached up to maybe 165 for like a mile or less than a mile um, but you know, from, I think it was miles four to eight, uh, my heart rate was already in the hundred and nineties at, um, Fargo. So, you know, just a little perspective, at how crappy I was feeling. I don't know. I through. I don't know. I still don't even know exactly what it was dealing with, but looking back, I, I didn't quite have the grace, um, for myself that I, I, I think I should have had for whatever was going on. But, but yeah, I mean, I ended up, um. You know I had that goal of a three twenty three marathon, and um ended i i feel like it was like a three fifty four I think that was my um you know slowest marathon time, and I just felt so deflated after that so 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 deflated
0: yeah, and then you were you were such a gamer, you came on to talk about it, and then I think a lot of people me included you know were able to identify with that because you it was that that tale of hey. I did everything that was in my power to do. And Mm -hmm. then like, and then the result that should have come from that. I put should in quotes here and you you can't see it because I'm on a podcast. I'm doing air quotes. as I'm talking nice. Um, (laughs) Anyone who's anyone who's watching me in my basement, I'm doing air quotes. And um, so, you know, but that's like the, that's like the hard part of a marathon, right? Is that you can't just like, if things Mm -hmm. don't go well, it's not like you can just like do one the following week. And, like, right. make up for it. So, obviously, your body was going through something. Um, right. It's funny that you mentioned, like, you saw in Strava at mile four, your heart rate was so elevated. Because I was just re-listening to our episode before. And you say it in there. You're like, man. Oh, I
1: do. Yeah, you go,
0: go from mile four to mile eight to ten. It's, like, it's funny how you now say, like, hey, from mile four to eight, I have metrics. Because in the moment, you're, like, just going by feel. like, yeah, from mile four to eight or mile four to ten, I could just tell that I just didn't feel right. I just kept telling myself to smile, and maybe it would just pass.
1: Oh, interesting! Oh, I did not remember that.
0: Yeah, so like, huh, inkling that something was going on. And you just said something before that I thought was was so key. And I was going to touch on it later in the show, but it, I think it's such a big part of this is that you didn't give yourself the grace right afterwards that you would give yourself now. And and when you when you think about that. What exactly, I guess, how, if you could describe the way that you were kind of analyzing your performance mentally, emotionally, and physically after the race, say, like, you know, the week or two after, how would you describe that?
1: Oh, man. Um, I mean, during the race, I, I really did try to stay positive, and I did feel like I was giving myself grace right until about 20. I feel like it was between 22 and 25 And, uh, you know, that's when just the negativity kind of started. And in those weeks following, um, it just kind of stuck with me. I mean, I was just so disappointed in, in myself and so frustrated and kind of confused, like what even could have gone wrong and, and not knowing, like you said, like the metrics, not knowing exactly what was going on. Um, I didn't have anything to blame, but myself. Um, and you know, it's just such a huge disappointment. I, I, oh, just such a huge disappointment. And I, I think I, I tried over, you know, those couple of weeks and months following to try to give myself that grace and to kind of try to understand that, Hey, this is just a day. And that's one thing my coach kept kind of reminding me, this is a day that doesn't one day does not necessarily, um, show you where your fitness is. It's just a day and it just wasn't a very good day. And, you know, just kind of, we can just kind of get over that. And, um, it's just hard. It's really hard to do. And like you said, with a marathon, it's that one day, I know it's just one day, but man, you just don't get very many chances to like repeat that one day, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you spend
0: so uh, much time, like so much mental energy preparing for that day. Right. That it's hard to then after the fact, act like it didn't matter.
1: Right. Because like,
0: you basically spend three months telling yourself how much it matters.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yep.
0: And then also that you have the part where, you know, you're, you know, you're a mother, you're you know a, a wife as well. And they're like, there's the component where you're juggling all these aspects to your life, where you feel like you ask your loved ones to like, uh, you know, it's, you basically, they, they sacrifice a little bit, you right. know, to allow, the, to allow for the, the marathon training, which can be exhausting and you're tired afterwards. So it's almost like your whole family you know, goes through it, which I think right. for a lot, I don't know if this affected you. And I guess this is the question I'm getting to is that, you know, did you experience any of that guilt? I know I have in the past where like, you know, you, your family kind of like puts their time to the side to allow you to pursue a goal like that. And then when it doesn't work out, it like almost like it almost like piles on the bad feeling because you're like, hey, everyone like put their time allowing me to do this. And then like it didn't work out. And it's like all for naught.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I definitely felt that especially with my husband um and he was so nice to constantly be reassuring me and encouraging me and whatnot. But you know, I also felt that with um having a coach to be honest too, because you know there's there's a lot of people that um follow follow your journey and and when you don't succeed, you know deep down that um they're just rooting for you and they just like all of us, we're just rooting each other on and we just want the best for everyone. And, um, but in those moments, you just kind of feel like you let people down and um, just kind of piling that on top of letting yourself down. It's just a, it's, yeah, it just compounds. It's not the best situation.
0: <laughs> no. And it's funny so. because I, and I know you as a person, cause you've, you've been, you know, very supportive of me in the past. And I know of other people as well. When did you start, I guess, allowing yourself to treat your performance the way you would have consoled somebody else?
1: Oh, that is a great question. I'm trying to think. I mean, I feel like I kind of had ebbs and flows. Like there were just little moments that I was like, you know what, it's fine. Like something was going on and I can't explain it. I can't, you know, pinpoint it and whatnot. Um, You know, and some of the negativity would kind of come and go as well and i really think it was when i kind of saw my heart rate um and just the stats on all that that i realized wow i i really had something going on and it just was that not not that i'm saying i needed an excuse but it was just that um what's the word it was just what i needed to recognize that it was bigger than my training it was bigger than anything that i could have done it was just completely out of my hands and i feel like once once i realized that i really did start to um, I don't know, just be more at peace with how things went. So yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but
0: no, that make, that definitely makes sense. Cause I think there's always sometimes that, that, that 1% where it's like, could I just have pushed harder or could right. I have just like, was I just not gritty enough? Or was there like a mental trick I could have used? Usually if like 99% of you is like, no, it's fine. Like I did everything I was supposed to do. It didn't work out. Like just chill. Well, like there's yeah. like, there can just be like that little bit. That can just like it's like that one negative comment that like someone might give you in a sea of compliments, like it's easy to focus on that one thing
1: right, right, absolutely,
0: and you mentioned th- the side ache, which had been an issue right you know near the end of the half marathon and then leading into excuse me into into Fargo, and that was a problem that persisted for a while so what what was the story with that and just going back in terms of like the, all the doctor's appointments, like what was the process for you to try to figure out exactly what was going on with your body?
1: Okay. So, ah, uh, I still, I get kind of frustrated on this topic because I kind of still am in ways at square one with things. Um, and it still pops up and I still don't have like a definitive answer, but, um, so finally after the marathon, um, I had done a couple workouts. I was still working with my coach and we were kind of moving forward with things, but suddenly like the side pain just kind of kept coming and it was coming a little more often and a little more persistently and a little more painfully. Um, so it was during one workout. I finally just, you know, called it quits basically. And, you know, Jeff, uh, who's my coach, he, he also, after we chatted, he's like, you know, I, I think you just need to take a little break and, you know, go see some doctors and figure out what is going on. Um, so I went to my doctor kind of explained the whole thing and she referred me to like a, a physical therapist. So back about two years ago, I, I don't even know if this has anything to do with it, but this is how it all started. Um, but I had something called ovarian torsion. So, um, my ovary like twisted itself around itself multiple times and I had to go into the ER and have like an emergency surgery um, laparoscopically, and they were able to go in. I had a cyst on my ovary and they removed it and then they untwisted the ovary. Um, so when I went in to talk to my doctor about this side pain that I've been having, um, she kind of wondered if it might possibly have anything to do with, um, like any scar tissue possibly, or maybe like something got pulled a little bit when I was, you know, during that surgery. So, um, So I went to a physical therapist who, I don't even remember what kind of physical therapist it was, but, um, it was just super (laughs) not fun and super awkward. And she had to like, try to figure out if I had scar tissue around my ovary and kind of, um, work that area and stuff like that. And I kind of stuck with that for a little while and really didn't see any progress. Um, so I kind of like gave up on that after about six, six weeks, I want to say, um, And after that, I went to my own physical therapist just to see if maybe it's like a muscle strain or maybe there's something she could do about it. And she kind of works more on the exterior and whatnot. And so I went to um, her and she's just ridiculously fabulous. And so she kind of felt like it was up in my kind of liver area and um, she didn't feel super comfortable working on and around like the organs that closely to like where I was experiencing the pain. So um so she ordered me an MRI just to make sure um you know there's nothing going on with the liver in particular and so she could kind of work on me. Well, we ended up I ended up getting that MRI and um got it back, the results back and and they found um a small tumor on my liver. And um so that went back to my physical therapist and she, you know, kind of said you need to go back to your your doctor and kind of talk about this because this she really felt like this probably could be the answer to what the pain is. Um, So I went to my doctor and um, we kind of discussed it and my doctor agreed. She kind of felt like that makes sense. It's the area of pain that I was having and everything. Um, And just from the MRI, the type of tumor, it's it's called FNH. It stands for like focal nodular hyperplasia. Um, And they're typically benign. Like they're really non-intrusive, not really a big deal. Um and they sh- they typically don't like have pain associated with them. So um that's what, you know, the MRI looked like it was. So my doctor referred me to a liver specialist. So I went and saw him and he like you know, I've, I've been working with my doctor who's been like so fantastic with me, my physical therapist who's just been like, oh, just a complete angel. And I go to this liver specialist and I show him the MRI. I explain that I'm having pain and he looks at it and he basically just pushed me right out the door and was like, yep, your pain has nothing to do with this. There's absolutely no way that it, you know, this doesn't even cause pain. Like these tumors do not cause pain. And um, so I just felt super bummed about that because I had actually done a lot of, you know, research on it. And I had read medical journals of, you know, a lot of situations where, people, including runners, had pain associated with these tumors. And so, ah, anyways, it was just really frustrating. Um, But I left the liver specialist and I kind of had given up on it for a little bit. Um, All this, by the way, like basically was happening between June and October. And I had almost completely given up running. I was just kind of doing strength training and other things just because of, you know, the pain uh, was, was there enough So, um, so anyways, I had kind of given up on things. Um, and somewhere in there, I think it was maybe in August or September, I went and I got a blood panel done of just a full panel of blood work. And, um, and in that blood work, it showed like incredibly high levels of iron and my, um, what's it called? Like TSH, like just really high percentages of of transferrin in my blood and things like that. So I went back to my doctor and um, she kind of looked at that iron and she's like, oh my gosh, like if there's any, like your iron's really high and that can affect your liver. And um, she kind of was just seeing that some of these actually could be a little more connected than we realized. And um, both the hematologist and my doctor were like, you positively positively have what's called hereditary hemochromatosis which is just my body just absorbs insanely high amounts of iron um like far more than other people and ironically like one of the main symptoms when you have that is abdominal pain and so for me I'm like oh my gosh this is like my answer I was so excited um so uh so we just, over Christmas break, um, my hematologist took a ton of blood work and did, let's see, like a, heredit- or a genetic test to see if I test positive for this hereditary hemochromatosis, which she, you know, was positive that I have. So um, I just went and saw her about a week and a half, two weeks ago. And um, so she got the results of that. And sh- ironically, she said there's, it's like a two-part test. And I guess on the two-part test, I tested positive for half of the test, but negative for the other half of the test, which means I don't have it, but I do have a lot of um, symptoms that are like classic to people who do have hemochromatosis. So that's why I still have the high iron. That's why I have like the high transferrin saturation and things like that, but I don't have everything. Well, having said that, it kind of puts my like abdominal side pain, like in this weird limbo place, (laughs) because like it, there's a, there's a small chance it could have something to do with that, but there's a good chance that it actually might have nothing to do with that. Um, so anyways, it's just been like basically 10 months of just, you know, going through all of these mazes and just trying to figure out answers to what's going on. Um, so now I kind of waited on that answer for quite a while. And now that that came back is a small possibility of that being my abdominal pain. Um, I don't know. I kind of am stuck and not exactly sure where to move forward because it still pops up. And I just don't know. I don't know. I I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do. Um, my doctor is fabulous and keeps, you know, sending me to lots of people, but <laughs> none of them are like, you know, 100% giving me exactly the answers that I need. So anyway, so that's like the really long story that I tried to make short of kind of the abdominal pain that that has been occurring, you know, basically for a year now.
0: Well, I'll tell you, you, after, you know, you probably condensed about 25 doctor's visits into about five minutes. So (laughs) So kudos to you. And if, and if, and if nothing else, Kimberly, you've gotten really good at pronouncing really convoluted right. medical terms.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> you're like, you sound like a doctor in your own right. You're like naming oh, these man. terms. Like you're killing them. So, um, oh. And also I should mention that this side pain basically like doesn't allow you to run. It's not like, like a slight, like a stitch or something like that where you can kind of like breathe through. It's like this really like sharp pain that like yeah. kind of stops you from running. So it's not like oh, if I can just tough this out, it's just like, it's kind of like, it's like a binary thing. It's either I'm running or I'm not running.
1: Yes, exactly. You know, and something that's super interesting though, that, um, it was happening a ton last spring, like a lot, lot, lot right after the marathon, it was definitely at its worst. And, um, I kind of wonder if a lot of it was the poking and prodding from all the doctors, the physical therapists, like there was just a lot going on and I think it got super inflamed Um, and it just kind of got worse and worse and worse. And then I just took so much time off from running. I mean, five and a half months basically off from running and I think it calmed it down a ton. So I, you know, I, I was able to kind of commit to this marathon training, um, in, let's see, end of October. Um, and I just made a promise to myself that if, if I even felt like the slightest tinge of that, you know, side pain come on during a workout or during a run that I would just completely stop right then and there instead of pushing through it. Because I really think a lot of my pushing through it in the spring, um, the earlier year, I think just aggravated it so much. So these last, um, I mean, this last training cycle, it really only popped up and stopped me, I think, two or three times. There were two specific workouts I remember that I I hopped on the treadmill and I started the workouts and I just, I, I ended and I was so, you know, kind of frustrated that I had to end the, you know, like basically miss a workout, but I, you know, would reschedule it. Um, but because, I think because I did that, it just did not keep it super aggravated. And I was able to maintain the training cycle. Um, so I, 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 I didn't quite find like all the answers to like how to fix it completely. However, I feel like I found like some good things to keep it at bay until I do find those answers, which has been, Oh, just fantastic. I'm really grateful that I'm even able to, to run without pain for the most part. So.
0: Yeah. So you you mean you really bit off a big goal coming off a pretty long break it's not like you came off five and a half months of not running and be like hey i'm gonna try to run a fast 5k in the spring late winter Like you just dove right into marathon training so tell so walk me through that decision making process of you know basically going into all want right, gonna start running again now and this is what i want to focus on
1: yeah i think um because fargo was such a letdown for me. Um I really had just wanted to kind of have that comeback race and um and go, you know, kind of go big or go home, kinda of go for it. <laughs> so, you know, just through those those months that I was just doing a little bit of cross training and, you know, I was still getting in about 40, 40 miles-ish a month. So, you know, like five to ten miles a week. Um But yeah, I mean, I gave myself two weeks of trial where I kind of really upped the miles and, and I wanted to see if the, um, side pain, if it was not going to pop up in those two weeks, um, that was gonna, you know, just say, okay, then you can go for this goal to, to do with a marathon and kind of have that comeback race. So, um, I mean, I really do want to update a lot of my 5k, 10k, those kinds of times, but. I really just wanted to overcome that fear that I kind of have had since I've had Fargo of kind of tone the marathon line and just get it over with. So honestly, that was, that was the biggest, biggest thing for me was i just feel like since, since Fargo, I've just had a lot of um, kind of fear in me to get myself back out there and scared of failure again. Um, So I kind of just wanted to overcome that mental barrier Um, not, and I guess physical barrier too, but, but mostly that mental barrier just to get myself back out there and prove to myself that I, it was just a day and that I can, I can do it. So.
0: So were you excited or was it more of like a mission of revenge? Like I'm going to like take this sucker down.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was kind of a little bit of both, but I'm not going to lie. What's so funny is with how perfect my training cycle was for Fargo, I mean, literally 100 perfect um this last training cycle was kind of a train wreck um and I wouldn't say a train wreck but like I mean I missed so many workouts my workouts were just super here and there and um there were many that I had to miss because of the or not many but a couple that I missed because of the side pain a couple that I was totally just off of my paces and so quite honestly coming into this um I really just wanted to do it, like just get through it and just see where, see what we can do. So as much as I really did want that, like come back and, you know, that revenge race at the same time, um, you know, I just really wanted to prove to myself that, that I can get myself back out there.
0: Yeah. And like, as I was following your, your kind of your build up, and it was definitely like a little bit more mileage every week. And all of a sudden it was like, Hey, you know, Kimberly's dropping like, Three different runs a week over eight miles, and like this is really like becoming a thing. And then you were posting some of your times, and I was like, I remember like sending you a message one time, like, oh my gosh, like the paces you're running here, like, are you gonna be running like a seven fifteen <laughs> mile pace marathon? Like you're like having these unbelievable tempo workouts, and, and in our last in our last episode, you talked we talked about tempo runs, about like how much we dread them, but like when they go well, there's like nothing better, but like the dread of a tr- of a tempo run i uh, can't even imagine doing it on a, on a treadmill but that's a, that's a totally different story <laughs> but so as you were progressing i know you did a hansen's work plan this time um as you were progressing and getting a little bit kind of you know getting a little more of the the, the workouts and, and the weeks under your belt did you start to get that confidence back or did you try to kind of separate yourself from the end goal and just stay like in the moment with these workouts?
1: Um, kind of a little bit of both, to be honest. Um, I mean, I was getting my confidence back for sure in especially those temple workouts, but as I kind of would look over like in the workouts and in the moments, I really had a lot of, um, I feel like growth and strength and I really was excited with where I was at. But as I kind of would look over, I keep a little journal, like a running journal. And as I would kind of look back on the previous week or the previous month or things like that, I mean, I just had missed so many, you know, runs and not runs in general, but I guess workouts just through the holidays and, you know, just with everything. And, um, you know, there were times that I definitely lost that confidence when I would look back on my training and I just kind of realized, wow, I mean, I know I've had some incredibly key workouts. For the most part I I was able to accomplish all my tempos right at my goal pace. Um so it was kind of those short speed workouts that I just wasn't wasn't super on top of. Um you know so I mean definitely I felt confidence I guess in the moment of the workouts but uh looking back I I kind of was like, man, I don't, I don't know how this is going to (laughs) go. This could, this could go either really, really good or it, you know, it could maybe not go so great. So, but yeah, with, uh, with the Hanson's method, I mean, honestly, the amount of miles that, that I felt like I was putting on my feet, I, I, I didn't really feel like it could go that wrong. Um, just for sheer mileage.
0: Yeah. So were you up around 65 miles a week?
1: Um, yeah, I think I, I think my highest mileage was 67. Um, and then there was, I would kind of alternate every other week there for a while between like mid sixties and mid fifties. So it was like about, you know, 55, then 65 then 58, then 67. And, you know, just kind of around there. Um, so yeah, that was kind of, and, and I've never, I had, I don't think I'd ever topped 60 miles before this training cycle. So that was a lot for me.
0: And if you're gonna have workouts that don't go according to, necessarily 100% according to plan, if you're training for a marathon, it seems like the shorter, quick out, shorter, quicker workouts that don't go don't go perfect. I guess you'd rather have that than have like the longer tempo efforts not go perfect, considering that you're training for a marathon.
1: Right. Yeah. Actually, that's a really good point, and I probably just didn't even see it that way. I just would look at my workout and think, man. That didn't go very well. <laughs> just be disappointed in it. Um, but yeah, I mean, all of my tempos, I admit that I started them. I mean, since I was doing my own thing, I felt like I had a little leeway. Um, but I would start all my tempos at a slower pace that I knew I could maintain and then possibly turn into a progression run, um just depending on how I felt. And so most of those tempo runs, I just started a little slow and then I would turn them into progression runs and kind of finish fast. so, I felt like I gave myself a little leeway, not for like failure, but if I just wasn't feeling it, I knew I could at least maintain, you know, a specific pace for that time. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, the fact that the tempos went well, that, that was a huge confidence builder.
0: Now, did you see that after the New York city marathon that Allie Kiefer published her, um, her workout journal in the up?
1: No, I did not see that.
0: Yeah. So she did. Ooh. And it was great. It was like everything. It was, like, basically, it was, like, four consecutive screenshots of, like, a Google Doc uh, leading in. And it was, I think a lot of people looked at it and were shocked at, like, how many workouts didn't go well. (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: crazy. I I,
0: I don't want to say, like, half or something like that because that would be ridiculous. But it was, like, a surprising number for someone who, like, didn't know her or whatever. Like, it was like, right. wow, like, there's another one that she cut short of. There's one. She was like, nah, that didn't go great. Like, that nah, had to right. cut that one short. And it was like, she came wow. in fifth. You know what I mean? Or yeah. whatever. Like, she had a yeah. great race. And oh, the pressure was really on for her because all of a sudden she wasn't, like, you know, like that underdog person that with no expectations, like at, there was a huge marathon builder for Allie Kiefer. She was like the name going into that race. Right. Cause it was like, can she do it again? Type thing. Right. It was like almost right. like Sarah Sellers at the next Boston marathon. Right. It'll be like, Hey, like she came in second last year. What can she do this year? Yeah. And it was so interesting. Cause it was like, when you were talking as of was my first thought that came into my mind was, Hey man, like maybe it's just one of those things. Like maybe it's just a, if you things don't go well, it's not necessarily this predictor of doom. It's just like, Hey, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? Right, like your body right. just wasn't ready to handle it on that day. But again, that's just one day. And then, you know, there's, there's other things that can uh, be more predictive than just like, right. Hey, did you hit every workout?
1: Yeah. Well, and it's a good point. And I have to say, I mean, I feel like um, leading into Fargo where I had all my workouts dead on, I really had, I maybe like too much confidence for that race, which made the heartbreak of it all that much worse. Um, whereas this, you know, training cycle, I, I, I didn't have the highest expectations for it. Um, just because there were so many times that I had to mentally get over things that it was like, man, that workout was really crappy. And you just have to work through it and realize that, you know, the whole one day idea, it happens a lot. And you just kind of got to get over it and you get used to, I don't want to say you get used to failing workouts and you get used to failure, but you get used to that feeling of, you know, you put in what you can and some days you're just going to miss the mark and you just got to get over it and move on after that. Um, And I feel like that really prepared me a lot better mentally for this race. Um, So, you know, I, I definitely, I actually really appreciated that I didn't have a perfect training cycle, um, because I feel like it helped my expectations to be a little bit more realistic, um, for what I could accomplish on race day. So yeah, I think those, those days help for sure.
0: And going into race day, how were you preparing yourself from a goals perspective and just mentally like I know in the, in previous races that you had mantras going in, but just understanding how the last, how Fargo didn't go great. And a lot of that was out of your hands, but just having that lingering in the back of your head, how did you prepare yourself for race day this time around?
1: Well, I mean, I feel kind of lame to like say this. Um, I think like I was in ways over-prepared for Fargo um, and, around. I really, I think was actually (laughs) underprepared. So I kind of just tried to keep myself super distracted because I, I was really nervous about the marathon. I was really nervous about a repeat of Fargo, really, really nervous. And, um, like I said, I just, I didn't really even, I mean, I absolutely had trained for specific times, but honestly finishing feeling good was, was really what mattered to me. Just knowing that I could get myself out there um so having said that I really spent the like taper weeks and the weeks leading up to it and the days leading up to it trying to keep my mind super distracted from race day just because I did not want to get in my own head. Um so I just took on a lot of house projects. I really took on a lot of house projects. Putting up just massive tried- mirrors. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I like redecorated an entire wall that I doesn't sound like it was a big job, but trust me, it was a big job. Um, and I ordered all new lighting for like my main floor and I, you know, was having my husband put those up and I was doing a lot of, anyway, I mean, we, I just did a lot of house house things just to try to keep my mind off of the race. And, um, so in all honesty, I, I I didn't really even have a lot of mantras on my mind. Um, my, my goal honestly was just to just do it and get over it and move on. Um, so even I felt really unprepared, you know, Lynn's on the run up in Canada, right? Lindsay? Yeah. Of course. yeah. Um, so we were chatting, I think two nights before the race and, um, And she kind of was asking, she's like, what's your race plan? What's like all the details, what's all the information, but how are you gonna, um, you know, like what's your electrolyte situation? What foods are you going to be eating? And at that point I really did not have any of that planned out whatsoever. Um, so kind of the day of, um, I really tried to figure out exactly, not day of the marathon, sorry, the day before the marathon, I really, um, spent like the time of the plane ride, figuring out my paces and figuring out, um, uh, just everything, nutrition, when I was going to eat, when I was going to wake up, all that stuff. Um, so, you know, in in the past, I just, I don't know. I really think that it's really good to prepare yourself mentally and to have your A game on. But for me, this was just trying to um, actually not overthink it and just get there and kind of be like, oh, I'm here. Let's just run. Let's not put a lot of pressure on the situation. Let's not put a lot of pressure on the the day. Let's just show up and let's just do it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how I actually kind of went into this one.
0: I love it. It like it totally like feeds into a, uh, a message interaction that we had this morning. Actually, when I saw some of your race pictures, I was like, what's that big red on your, on your, (laughs) on your left palm. It was like, you had like done finger painting in the middle of the race.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That, yep. That was all my paces that I had basically come up with. Um, I think the night before, so Yeah. And I
0: love how you drew them on your palm. Yeah. It was like, it was like you had never run before in your life. Like, where can I put these? Oh, Oh, I know.
1: I know. Now I'm telling you, like, I was so not like, I really was not prepared, Um, which is just kind of ridiculous. So... Oh, but you know what? I'm, I'm totally okay with that. I just really did not want to put a lot of pressure on the day. And, you know, I guess my way of doing that is just kind of ignoring the fact that I'm going to be running a marathon and then just kind of showing up and doing it. So
0: <laughs> there you go. And so I'll yeah. tell you, it, it seemed like, you know, look at your, know, first of all, spoiler alert, as we mentioned in, in the beginning, like it went really well. So your goal of the last year was three twenty three, And what, yep. what, and what did you run this year?
1: So I got my goal from last year. I got that 3.23. 3.23. There I you know, go.
0: See? it's I just, know. Just delayed satisfaction. That's all. Right. You're, exactly. you're just a year early.
1: Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I had been training, quite honestly. I was training for a sub-3.20. I was really hoping for, um, you know, if it, everything went really super well, then my goal was to sub-3.20. Um but just as it turned out, you know, I I because of I think my lack of preparation quite honestly, I think I had kind of underhydrated during the race um which I think kind of made me hit the wall a little bit earlier than I <laughs> would have liked. Um and then in addition I did zero downhill training this marathon training block which wasn't very smart for a downhill race. So my quads um you know around mile 18 were just completely tightening up the entire time, which I think was dehydration as well as the downhill. Um, And then, you know, of course my, my side abdominal, you know, stuff kind of popped in right around that time too. Um, So, yeah, I I mean, I slowed down for, for quite a few miles. um, But luckily the side pain actually had subsided by mile 24. Um, So it was really just the wall that I was dealing with and my quads so um it was kind of fun cuz in that moment I looked down at my watch and I had gotten so used to um knowing what it would take for a 323 from my last training cycle that um you know I was kind of from all that slowing down I was closer to that <laughs> that pace and um and I was looking at it and I realized like I actually needed to pick up the pace if I if I wanted to get that 323 and I thought you know what I my side pain was finally gone and so I was just dealing with stuff that I could deal with. And um I decided to really push it for that last one point two and come in for that goal time. So um I was really excited to to have been able to do that. Um yeah, I'm pretty pumped. Not not what I trained for exactly, but quite honestly, that was just it was the cherry on top. I got that three twenty three that I wanted so bad last spring and I oh and just my heart was just very, very grateful, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and you can tell by the photos. I mean, you were really excited after the race. And, I mean, you're, you know, it was just, it was very evident. And it also shows a lot of where you were considering that things, it wasn't as if you ran the perfect race and it all came together and, like, bam, PR. Right. And certainly it was a PR, but it was, you know, there's still a lot there that you can improve on. And, and what, when you look back at those five and a half months where you're running, like, sub 10 miles per week and you know going to bouncing around doctor's appointment to doctor's appointment and like even like doing another marathon is like far off in your mind you're just like i just want to get healthy i just like i'm sick of seeing these doctors like i don't know about you like i've done that i've done that parade before and it just like you almost get to the point where You're like hoping they find something instead of like going to your doctor's office and being like, I hope they don't find anything. It's almost like you wish the opposite just so you could like, just so you like, you know, the enemy.
1: Right, right. Well, and knowledge is power, right? I mean, I, I was definitely at that point. It's like, I just want answers. And I kind of still am at that point, quite honestly, that it's like, I just want to know what's going on so that I can know how to fix myself and how to get better. And you know, how to not have this be you know, for lack of a better word, pain, a pain in my side. Right. Like let's just move on from all of this. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not great to have like, I guess, formal diagnoses with certain things, but at least, you know, um, when you have those, you know what you're dealing with and you know, how you can get better.
0: Right. And then this is a great example though, that a lot of people go through where they have these very long extended time offs that they didn't, that they didn't choose. Yeah. And they worry and worry and worry that they're just never going to get back, or that they're losing time, and how are they going to ever get back to the fitness and the goals that they want? And you lived it. You, yeah. know, this, this is this was your twelve month, ten month cycle. And what would you, what would your advice be to someone who's go, who's kind of in the middle of that right now?
1: Oh man, that's a great question. I mean, I I really gained a lot of inspiration from. It wasn't it Shailene Flanagan that right before New York City, like she had some injury or something, um, that yeah, her knee was really training. bothering her. Yeah. And you know, and then she comes back for the win. And I remember thinking like, that is just so insane. That's so crazy because I think so much when we get injured, we just get in our own heads and, and I get it. You lose, you feel like you're losing all this fitness. But one thing that I really learned is, um, that I didn't ever realize is it really doesn't take you as long to get back to your previous fitness as it took you to get there in the first place, and um you know so I mean, I feel like you know it had taken me what a year and a half, two years of you know consistent running to be able to even hope for that that three twenty three goal that I had where these five five and a half months that I took off, I thought, are you kidding me? I'm never gonna get back there like that's gonna take you know another year and a half for me to even get back to that point, um but I think it you know. I just don't think we really lose as much fitness as we realize. And it comes back a lot faster than, um, than we expect it to. So I really, I gained a lot of um, strength and confidence from Shay Lane when she kind of went through that. And um, just, you know, watching the Instagram community and so many people that deal with injuries, their comeback is always stronger, always stronger. And it is just so incredibly inspiring. And so um you know i guess kind of having that setback myself um you know just in those moments it is frustrating but i i really think you can make use of your time during there you know when you're going through those things and and i think those are perfect opportunities to really do what you love and um you know for me i love taking classes from the gym i love um you know kind of doing some weightlifting and things like that i just have such a blast with that and i I really did focus on doing the things that I enjoy during those months because I knew I could not run. Um, and, and I think that if, as long as you're just, you know, replacing something that you love with something that you also love um, and just kind of keeping at least a little bit of a baseline of fitness um, when you are able to come back, it's just going to be that much, you know, more empowering and you're going to be so much stronger for it. So um, ugh, the setbacks, the sitbacks are so hard and so frustrating when you're in the middle of it, but well, we all deal with it and we just got to work through it and, you know, enjoy the time in there as much as we can and just have faith that when we come back, that the comeback is going to be worth it.
0: And the right, last question, thank you so much for your, for the, you know, your generosity and doing all your time to do this. I really appreciate it. And, I almost jinxed you asking you before the race. I was like, should I ask her? I'm like, I don't know, but, um, (laughs) you did. (laughs) I know, I know I couldn't help myself. And, um, but you are one of the most joyous, optimistic, positive people I know. And what do you, what do you do to try to ensure that you stay in that mindset?
1: Oh, that is such a good question. Um, I I think a big part of um a big part of that is surrounding myself with people that um I enjoy to be around and that uplift and inspire me and that are optimistic. I really really feel like um kind of making our environment positive and uplifting really makes a big difference. Um I don't know, Matt. I don't know. I I don't know. I I think I I tend to just be optimistic just just by nature, but um but you know, the people that I'm around and, and the hobbies that I'm able to enjoy and whatnot definitely help help with that. Um I wish there was like a conscious conscious thing that I do every day to to ensure that happiness. But um you know, I mean there are definitely days that I kind of have that that in the back of my head I just gotta fake it till I make it kind of a thing. <laughs> you know, and you just kinda smile through it and and you pretend like everything's all chipper and eventually that actually I feel like that makes a huge 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 difference and it's so empowering just to to you know kind of almost trick yourself into into being happy and and dealing with hard things um when it's really not so um yeah I don't know I feel like I didn't really answer your question very well there but
0: (laughs) no hey the truth is the truth Kimberly thank you so much for coming on the show I really appreciate it and yeah, keep thanks, up Matt. the great work
1: hey thank you so much i really appreciate it and have a fantastic night you too all right thanks Matt. all right all right
0: bye kimberly thank you so much for coming on the show it is always so much fun chatting with you in this time was no different thank you to mercury mile to Megaton Coffee and to Lowell Running Company for sponsoring this show. You can use code RamblingRunner10 at both MegatonCoffee.com and MercuryMile.com to save on purchases on both of those sites. I love those guys, and I know you will too if you just give them a shot. Also, big shout-out to Lowell Running Company. If you are looking for a coach, this is the place to go. Lowell Running Company was founded by Ruben Sansa, and they are doing wonderful work, both him – Nate Jenkins, Kevin Beck, Jill Chisholm. They're just doing wonderful things in the running community, and I know that if you go on there and choose a coach and let them help you reach your goals in the short term and the long term, you will not regret it. So thank you so much for listening to this show. It's greatly appreciated, and happy running.